it is what it is. Like you know, I was gonna have fun and be me. We had we had kindergarten here, and I didn't know how to speak English at all. Like I I remember at school we used to have a music subject, yeah, and I hated it. I saw some guy making a song while cutting up cucumbers. Right. Right. And I was like, "Jee, you know, kitta kar sakta hu? Main ta chaa banana ke bhi banana sakta hu." For those five to six years, I listened to one guy. Like as a music producing, he's a god because what he has done is actually is I can't even like I don't know how to speak about it. Like that's how crazy it is. Good music like that, it doesn't just come through like learning, but it comes with a person and how much they love music. And right. everyone just goes there to get um, samples so they can just chuck some drums and be like, "My music producer, man, forget." Drake doesn't get that much. How is this Punjabi singer getting yeah. this much? Like this is my first ever podcast with anyone because I didn't usually do this. My guest today is a music producer from Melbourne, Australia. He's six years into his music career, and his recent song "Bata" is on available to stream on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Welcome, K Itwal Music. Thank you for having me here. No worries, no worries. What I like to do at the beginning of each podcast is basically just take a trip down memory lane and find out what you were like as a kid growing up um, in Australia. What was Australia like growing up? and um yeah like as a kid it's that's a very I've never been asked that actually <laughs> um growing I was born here um in the start like my parents always spoke punjabi so like just shuru cha mainu punjabi aundi si sare time li and um when i started school like um we had we had kindergarten here and i didn't know how to speak english at all <laughs> so i didn't know how to communicate with other kids and at that time i still spoke punjabi to other like gorey australians over here and um during the time when i got into primary school that's when i started learning like a b c d like i knew it beforehand but i started learning how to speak it and everything yeah so english i would say is kind of a second language for me and i'll say punjabi is first because even at home right now with my parents and my grandma i always speak punjabi mm-hmm. more than anything and even with my mates and friends here i always speak punjabi first I like speaking Punjabi because they're Punjabi as well, and like most kids here in Australia, do the opposite. They speak English and they hardly know how to speak Punjabi. Yeah. So I guess I'm lucky just having like my parents like influence me in this way. Yeah, I feel and, like that. Um, that... Sorry, go on, go on. Uh, I feel like that is a sort of common in basically any country outside of India where like your parents will. It's either one or two ways. It's either you speak English. and basically forget punjabi or you just speak yeah. punjabi then you go to school and you, you can't speak english to anyone yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, it was the same with like my that, brother yeah. but then he was the older sibling so when i was growing up anything that like i didn't understand he would just like translate to me in english whereas yeah. when he went to school all he knew was punjabi so it took him a while to start learning english over here as well yeah that's i have an older brother as well um we had a four year age difference mm-hmm. so i think in the beginning he he didn't speak uh english to me when i was little and he was right. going to school already mm-hmm. he would always speak english at school and punjabi still at home and punjabi to me cuz even if he spoke something english i wouldn't be able to understand it so yeah. I, i think once i started going to primary school we just started speaking english to each other like very slowly at home yeah. and then after that it just yeah it just went off yeah yeah is it 
I know there is like a big uh, like Punjabi up in our community in Australia, but is it like is there certain parts where it's bigger than others? Like you're from Melbourne, is that like a hot spot yeah. for up in here? Or... Oh, hage a hon, hage a I would still say Sydney has more Punjabis than Melbourne, um, but in it's nothing compared to like you guys over there in UK or even Canada. Yeah, like um, it's still relatively small. I would reckon. In my opinion, I, I like I've been to the UK when I was young, and I remember going to like a whole mall, like it was like a, like so many streets in the UK were just <laughs> Punjabis, completely Punjabis. And I remember going to stores, and even the store store owners were Punjabi as well. They were selling different kind of things, right? But yeah. all Punjabi, like yeah. down the, there was like a, there, was, there was like a lane of stores. Like I remember as a kid, just walking yeah. through it, like sub GMDCs, everything, everything was there. It was all Punjabis though. So you don't, don't have, have that, that here, though. Uh, okay. No, no. We have like Gordware. Um, we do have now we're building up like streets of houses where we have Punjabis only. Mm-hmm. We are getting that over here too now. But yeah, not like not like the UK. Not like the UK. To be fair, I'm from Newcastle in the UK, and that's that's not like that. That I, that's like Birmingham and Southall, a, a bit more like that because there's more up and there. Whereas in Newcastle, okay, yeah. so even when I go down south to them, I feel a bit weird because I'm just like, whoa, there's, there's so many up here. Yeah, there's like so me, many, yeah, me, yeah. And, me and mom or dad will be talking like in a shop saying, oh, we shouldn't get this. But like in Punjabi, and then the store owner will just interrupt and say, nah, nah, badia quality, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, yeah, oh, <laughs> that doesn't happen in Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when did you start getting into music? Like um, I said at the yeah. intro that it's been around six years. But I assume yeah. that you were probably interested in listening to a lot of music uh, before then. I, um, in the very, very beginning, when I was like three to two years old, very beginning, me and my brother would always dance, do pangara. Yeah. We didn't know how to do pangara. We had no idea how to do it. But my dad would just put like um, songs on the TV, for example, just cassettes. Before then we had cassettes, right? We didn't yeah, have yeah. like CDs and stuff. Or we didn't have Punjabi songs coming up on television, right? Yeah, yeah. So my dad would have cassettes. He would have like a VCR player. And he would put in those cassettes from, he got from India. Mm-hmm. And then he would put like Hans Raj Hans or um, I can't remember, like even Jazzy B, old school Jazzy B and Bindarakia. Yeah. And we would just dance and dance as kids. So I reckon the music and the culture of music to me influenced from the beginning, like the sound, like the tol, the tolik, the way they sing and everything to my ear. That was from the very beginning. And then I started getting into it more when I was about like 12, 12 years old. Because oh, I used to always do Pangara beforehand because our parents put us into Punjabi school over here yeah. in Australia. And then every year we would have to perform. And then me and my brother already loved to dance. And we would just, yeah, go ham on the stage just together. Is there and, like um, um, Pangara groups and Pangara competitions in Australia? Like oh, the there are now. Yeah, yeah, there's heaps right. now. But way back in the day, there wasn't that much. It mm-hmm. was just Punjabi school. Like that was the main thing. If there was any Pangara performances, it was in that Punjabi school. I don't know about Sydney, but here in Victoria, I think it was like that. Yeah. I was very young then, so I probably can't be fully sure about it. Yeah. But um, in when I was 12, my one of my cousins in um, Queensland, it's a bit north of us, in Australia, and he used to play the tol. So he got the tol from India, and um, I used to see him play it. And like, I, I love the sound of the tol, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a mad sound, mad drum. And then he actually gave it to me. Like oh, he didn't, so. he didn't, like he didn't, I didn't have to pay in anything for it. Like he saw that I really, really liked it. 
Yeah. So I just started playing at his house. And then he gave it to me. I brought it back here to my house. I started playing. I, I learned myself. Like I put some YouTube um, tutorials on. Like just there was one guy who had like so many tutorials. He had the Chal, the Tamal, if you know. Is this, like a, the, is this Manvir Hoti by any chance? It's a guy. He's Sadar as well. Oh, okay. It's and not he has a small yeah. pug. Yeah. I think I think his YouTube channel was called How to Play the Dawn. I think so. I'm not sure. Right. Can't remember. But yeah, I just learned a bit off him. And then everything else was self-taught. So that mm. was the, basically the first instrument that I learned in music. Like me playing an instrument, for example. It's similar to me. Like my, um, we, we had a talk uh, from India. And basically when everybody would leave the house, I'd pick it up and I'd put Brit Asia on, which is basically the music channel over here and yep. obviously this is like early 2000s probably so it's like when that garage sort of bangra was in and all you could hear yep. is that distinct doll it would be the jal and then you just listen 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 and just try to emulate it and then eventually yeah. you can play the jal this um when you talk about our uk ground music um i remember me being influenced also listening to from here in australia money sandu and sangra vibes yeah so yeah. i used to dig their music back in the day as a kid I used to absolutely love it because uh, Mani, uh, Mani Sandhu especially, he had that mix of garage music and that Pangra together with his harmonium. Yeah. And I would love that. Who, who else were your inspirations other than uh, Mani and Sangha vibes? Um, so that oh, was, the Unleashed uh, album. So yeah, I should mention that as well. The Unleashed yeah, album. Yeah. Amazing. That was actually, yeah, amazing as well. I know. Um, they were major within when I was about 12 to 15, 16. Mm-hmm. and then around around 13 years of age i used to go to maths tutoring okay my parents you know how indian parents are right? yeah like yeah yeah balls and stuff like that <laughs> and like i wasn't the best at maths either but i started going to maths tutoring and there was this jinky that used to always tutor me and i would right. go from 13 years of age to about 18 like five to six years i spent just going to her until yeah. i finished high school and um she was phenomenal at maths and I learned a lot from her. But like me going there every week for those five to six years, I listened to one guy. And right. you've probably heard of him. The Prophecy. Okay. Oh, yes. yes. Like, yeah. In the car, like I would always play him in the car. And I always listened to him. Like me and my brother were like massive fans way back in the day when he released his first album, Forever. Like now he's really, really big. Like many mm-hmm. people know about him. But like back in the day, it was very low key. Like it was very underground. Just in Canada and Calgary in america probably a bit in uk as well about him but um yeah i used to love his music like that album still yet for me is probably the best album he's made like yeah yeah it's insane the music in that and that would be one of my strongest inspirations in music like till today as well i think you can sort of see it as well because uh, with with him he does his own production he does his own like um he's singing and obviously his lyrics as well and like we were saying just before we started here, like you, you obviously do your own production, you, you're focusing on your singing and you've yep. got lyrics out as well. So you can sort of see that like the triple threat sort of aspect is is there with, with yourself as well. Yeah, because like I um I didn't I never knew that singing singing was like I came to singing probably about four years ago. Before that, it was just production. Like I went from a doll to a tumbi, a mm-hmm. tumbi to a harmonium. And then I would play kind of like the money sandal tunes on the harmonium, which I still can today. Like yeah. it's just in my memory, my muscle memory. I just know how to do it. 
But um, then after that, I moved on to a DJ set, like a very small DJ set. Mm-hmm. And just mixing songs, like as in putting the same tempo and just transferring one song to the other. And I enjoyed that. And then I was like, this is still not yet it. Like, this is not what it is. I, there's something more that I need to go into. Yeah. And then I wanted to make the actual song itself. So then I went into um, going on a software on the computer and learning how to produce in there. And then I learned the keyboard with that, playing just different sounds. Like I have, I don't have a teacher. I never had a teacher before. Mm-hmm. It's just my ears. I work with my ears, like what sounds good to me. And um, I, luckily I just have something within me that like I can just put out into the keyboard, into the software, make like make sounds and make sure these sounds work together as well. Like I don't ever do something off beat. Like I would know if something's wrong, if something doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. Like one day I'll produce something and the next day I'll come back to it. And if I see some errors, I'll just adjust it and fix it straight away. That's what producing. So um, I believe that even right now, since I've been producing for about six to seven years now, I'm really good at that. But my singing is still getting there too. It's like mm. my singing is halfway and my music's a bit further ahead of it. That's why I'm just trying to really focus on my singing right now so I can bring that next to my music too. But yeah. that's going to take with practice and just a few more years. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It always takes time. But I'm surprised that you have no like um, formal music education. Like you just self-taught no, no, and everything. Nothing, yeah. Like I, I remember at school, we used to have a music subject yeah. and I hated it. You know why I hated it? Because we had to learn these music notes Yeah, yeah. and I wasn't going to sit there and learn music notes. Like I enjoyed like playing with different instruments, Yeah. but I wasn't going to sit there and learn the musical notes and stuff like that or what chords and the keyboard, F minor, G minor. Like I, I know of the words and the phrases, right? Yeah. But even till today, when I make a song, I just play random keys. Like I play chords, right? Yeah. Like I know how to play them but I just play whatever sounds good to me. So do you, do you still not like use, do you not like write anything down? So after you play it, like do you not write the the melody down or something, or do you just record it straight in? And if it sounds good, it sounds good. Record it straight in. Like I just um, record it. Yeah, exactly. Just I play, I play a melody, record it. I don't, when it comes to music, I don't write any melodies down. And with singing over a beat, I just make that melody with my mouth. Because right. there's a lot of things you can actually do just with your own mouth. You could make a whole song with just the mouth. Yeah. Like, because like, for example, even this podcast right now, if, if I was to just snap a little bit of the words, like of your words and my words, yeah. I could make an instrument out of it. Yeah. And I could make a melody out of it. And I could make different instruments out of it and make like a song out of it, if you get what I mean. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, because you, you've done this on like on your Instagram. I was speaking beforehand as like... um the one where you're making jar in the morning where you've yeah, just got little yeah, yeah, snippets go. of like tiny, tiny things and you make a song out of it. It's like, it's so creative yeah. and it just sounds so cool. Yeah. Cause you can do so much with sound. Like I feel like right now in this music industry, everything's about like, no offense, but everything's about gangsters. Like, you know, having <laughs> yeah. guns, um, talking about gangs, um, smoking drugs, like being jucked, being jucked is like, bro, like every song nearly. <laughs> like you know everything is about jot now and all these kids as well that are upcoming i've seen some kids they're all coming into this gang like holding guns in their music videos and stuff and i'm just like everyone's doing the same thing they're just following a trend yeah no one's yeah. trying to be unique and different because what That's you can it. do yeah. with sound is so many things and a normal singer or even music producers like the normal ones right they just like you know just make beats some some aren't even music producers they get samples like guitar samples, different instruments, 
samples yeah. from like these online websites yeah, and yeah. they just put some drums into it and they're like yeah. i'm a music producer <laughs> yeah like i've seen that as well yeah i've seen that yeah i i, I know what you're, you're talking about to be fair like um i'm not going to name any names but yeah i know what you're on about <laughs> yeah who's so who's um who's big in australia like uh, uh up and wise pav pav Pabdar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I was thinking of him as well because yeah. I thought that. But I could, is there anybody else who's like uh, on a similar level to him or up and coming, um, uh, other than yourself, obviously? <laughs> um, so I've had the opportunities to meet Pab because one of my close mm-hmm. friends, one of my close friends' brother, is really, really close with Pab. Like he's known Pab for years, you know, yeah, since they were little. And um, I've met Pab here and there. And um, I've even got like critiquing from Pav as well when I sent him some of my music, which is really good because I listened to his critique and I've been yeah. working on it every single day. Yeah. Right. Um, otherwise, have you heard of Morphalactic? I haven't, no, I haven't. Okay, so Morphalactic, he's a music producer. He's, he's bloody amazing as well. He's, he's a bit low-key too, underground. Right. But you know Zora Randawa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he produced one of Zora Randawa's songs. Huh? Do you remember Ha? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was the producer of that. And even okay. Fateh, Fateh, one of Fateh's songs in his first album, Bring It Home, yeah. Jakame, right. he, uh, Morphalactic co-produced that with Jay Static. So at okay. the end of that song, Jakame, it's Morphalactic. So if you watch the music video on YouTube, you'll yeah. see him. He comes right. at the very end of the music video. Okay. Yeah. That, that is, also, um, and also we have another, um, like, we have a few more music producers here now in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, you probably haven't heard of, may have heard of him. Um, one's a rapper mm-hmm. in goes by the name Kid J West. Um, one's a music producer, two of them music producers. One goes by the name Snedip and one goes by the name Hustle, which is, I think, in um, Sydney. Okay, so it's so quite, a, there's quite a few then. Yeah, there's quite a few that are upcoming as well, yeah. And these all like work guys, together? Uh, not yet. Like we follow each other. Mm-hmm. We like each other's music. Like I listen to their music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, massive fan of the music. Um, but yeah, I just haven't really um, networked with them yet, which right. I am going to do in the future. But yeah. But there's no like, uh, there's no like, um, there's no like negative vibes towards each other. It's all like a positive co- no, competition. No, 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 nothing. Yeah, no, n- nothing like that. I, I personally don't have any negative vibes to anyone. That, like, yeah, that's yeah, just that. how I am. Like, I don't, I don't see anyone as a competition. I never will. Yeah. Like, because I believe that the only competition is yourself. Yeah. You shouldn't try to compare yourself with other people. Mm-hmm. You should try to be better than the day you were before yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to try to be better than yourself, not better than others. 100%. And it's because yeah. you, you see it all the time. Like, going back to the gangster thing is like the two big names is Musiala and Karan Ojala. Yeah, Karan Ojala, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they never make a song because it's a random beef there that they probably yeah, don't, don't know even know why there's beef. beef there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're really, I don't know. Honestly, they should make a song together and it'll be a massive song. Exactly. Legit. Yeah, yeah. Even if the actual song was bad, it would still be huge just because be of the two it names. Still... Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. It could but be it the just doesn't happen. Ever, but yeah. I've seen um have you seen that uh Karanajla and Bohemia have got a song with game? Yeah, that I actually I actually listened to that song. That was a sick song, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. Really good. I yeah. like I grew up on obviously like hip hop. Um 
as well as like Bhangra music. But when you go, I feel like most Apne sort of listen to hip hop as well as Bhangra. Like that's the English yeah, sort yeah. of genre that it you is, sort of is, tend yeah. to go to. I don't know if there's a musical reason for that, if like the, the beats are similar. But 50 Cent and the game, when like G Unit was popping when I was a kid, like, yeah. and then seeing the game in a song with God and Ardell and Bohemia, like, yeah. blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. Bohemia is massive, honestly. He's 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 probably the best Punjabi rapper. He is the he's the one who started Punjabi rap, basically. Yeah. Punjabi. I don't I don't know about Hindi rap, but I feel like he was the first one, Bohemia, mm-hmm. because he's been there since like since like I was legit like four or five years old. He's probably been there. Yeah, yeah. And like the stories he tells in his songs, actually next level. Like he has stories to tell, right? Yeah. Nowadays rappers. They have stories, but they don't have stories like him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's like mumble like rap. Yeah, he's been homeless, you know. Mm. He's lived life without his parents and everything. And he, there was a point in life where he couldn't go to Pakistan either. Yeah. There was like a certain point that he couldn't get an entry into Pakistan for a reason. I yeah. can't remember what that reason was for. But yeah. Do you feel like um, like nowadays it's less like lyrically focused un- unless you get some some sort of outliers like bohemia and things but mainly it is like production value sort of thing like if there's a good beat on it people will just listen it listen to it regardless it, if it's a good beat it has to be a good beat like big bird yeah like it yeah. has to be a good ass beat like so high yeah that's how good the beat i reckon beats have to be really really good and catchy mm-hmm. for people actually dig it and um with vocals wise vocals can also be catchy like Pav has really catchy vocals on like yeah. Naja, for example. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even have you heard of Funk? Yeah, yeah. Quite yeah, like, like that. I, it's very different. Yeah, I really like that. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, there's also another guy. He's called Philwinder. If you've heard of him. Right. Okay. The the name sounds similar. Uh, familiar. Sorry. And um, he he just came in this year, and his vocals, his lyrics are very simple, and the way he sings is very simple. So anyone can understand and just sing with it. Yeah. But his voice, the way he sings, like his tone of his voice is just something unique. Very different. Yeah, it's kind of like the prophecy. Like, you know how if we hear prophecy's voice, we know it's the prophecy. Like, it can't yeah. be anyone else. So like with him, if I hear his voice, I know it's him. Like, it's yeah. that distinct. Yeah. I think like uh, keeping it simple is probably like an underrated value as well. Like, I feel like personally, obviously... I'm not a music expert or anything, um, but yeah. personally, I feel like that's what's helped Duljeet as well. Because I think beforehand he was, you see, like a transformation before, like uh, Back to Basics, that album yeah. sort of like propelled him into like a the next level sort of thing with with True School. But I feel like his lyrics after then, most of them, uh, whether it just be in the in the the hook, uh, are normally quite simple, so that it's like universally understood. Whether you're in India and you've got really good Punjabi, whether you're a kid or whether you're like living out of the country, like the Punjabi is really simple so everybody can sort of understand it, which is, yeah. a, I think, an underrated value in that as well. There is, there is, definitely there is. Because like nowadays, like when I hear Siddhu or Fernojala, some of the lyrics I can't understand. Like, I honestly can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they just go past my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so complex sometimes. So go, going on to like just producers not just in like australia but you mentioned big bird there and mani sandhu before um yeah. because you started off with production who's yeah. who's the ones that like um who else did you sort of look okay, up yeah. to and try to emulate not just punjabi it could be english yeah, yeah, as well because you've yeah, got yeah. like uh quite a twist in your music i do i do i definitely do 
Um, I also listen to a lot of house music, house EDM. Yeah, electronics. you can tell. <laughs> I, I, I've listened to a lot of that when I was a kid. And um, artists like Tiesto, Hardwell, um, Stevie Oki, um, so many, Dimitri Vegas. Um, you know those three guys? There were three guys. Oh, I can't remember the name, bloody hell. Yeah, the ones that did uh, Lean On, Major Lazer. Swedish House. Swedish oh, Mafia. Swedish House. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, them. Um, Italo Brothers as well. Um, Clubhouse Mania. It used to be massive back in the day, like 2014, 15. It still is really big. Like the market for that kind of music is massive. Yeah. Um, so all of them, like there was some in the UK, in America, um, that kind of music, like the drops especially. Like you know how there's always a build-up yeah. and there's a drop? Yeah. Like some drops I absolutely love and dig. Mm-hmm. And there were some that I obviously didn't like. Um, another music producer, you've heard of Imran Khan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music producer for Imran Khan, he goes by the name Erin E. Yeah, I've and heard of I him. honestly reckon he's probably, for me, he's like a god of music. Like, for <laughs> me, honestly, it is. Like, as in music producing, he's a god because what he has done is actually is. I can't even like, I don't know how to speak about it. Like that's how crazy it is. Yeah. Because he basically not, not just made Imran, not about making Imran Khan, but like as in him and Imran Khan, what they did together, like every single song in that album, Unforgettable is Unforgettable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And even the music, like Aaron E, he's not Punjabi. He's not Indian either. He's, he's Dutch, from the Netherlands. Yeah, exactly. He's Dutch, yeah, from the Netherlands. Yeah. And he studied Punjabi music, Indian music, classical music, all on his, by himself at home. By himself, self-taught, everything, right? He used to be a DJ in the Netherlands. And Imran Khan met him. And um, they just produced the best music out there. And one thing I really like about Aaron E is the fact that, you know, all the songs on the album, mm-hmm. he made them again and again. Uh, how, do, how do you mean? Like, as in, he made those, there's like about 12 songs on the album, right? Yeah. He made those 12 songs, like, again and again. So, Bear Far, he probably made about three times. Oh, okay. So the, the final version. final version that we hear isn't like the okay. I understand. Isn't yeah. the actual yeah that he started off with? Yeah. Same as a uh, Gora Gora Rang amplifier as well. Like that just goes to show how much hard work, like his work ethic, and how much hard work that he's put in. It just like it really does influence me. Like knowing that that one person by himself could do this much. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Hundred percent. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Like they changed the game. Like when amplifier came out. I don't know a person who had a vehicle that didn't have that song playing 24-7. Exactly. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, even, like, not even just the vehicles. Like, it was to the point where even, like, you go to some weddings and people would be, like, jumping on the dance floor or that. And yeah. it's not a typical wedding song. Like, they did change the game. Like, I've seen recently um, when I think it was Big Bird or Sonny Malton went on, like, one of their Instagram rants, essentially. Yeah, and was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're only yeah. going to appreciate how much I've changed the game later. He goes, people in the past have done it as well. And, like, he did uh, mention he did Imran, Imran Khan. Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because doing that. Imran, Imran Khan and Erin e, they they put that hip-hop, house music, all the genres of music they put together with Punjabi and Urdu lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. Together, yeah? To form the album, basically. Yeah. Because Aaron e, he brought music, not just Punjabi music, he put, he brought the music of, like, the world, basically. Yeah. Like, different genres. Like, I can, like, even, especially, like, have you heard the Nazar song? Yeah. 
the album. Yeah. yeah, even that song, like it has a house beat to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just sick. Like I could play those songs again and again. Like that's how good they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. can tell the way that you're speaking about it that it's obviously heavily influenced you. Like, you can tell that your passion oh, yeah, for it, it is, definitely has, is yeah. very high, 100%. Like, that's the thing that I like about, um, like, obviously, Aponev went all over the world, in Canada, in the Netherlands, like in Ron Khan, in the UK, in Australia. So the Punjabi music of each region that, like, it's not Punjabi, it's yeah. British Punjabi, Canadian Punjabi, yeah. Dutch Punjabi, or Australian Punjabi. And they all have, like, yeah. a slight twist, but you're you get like your your Punjabi roots involved and obviously your Australian roots, which is, it's always a yeah. cool blend. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, um, like I've got obviously like a lot of Gore friends here as well. And when they listen to, when they get into my car, it's Punjabi music on all the time. And but they were like, shocked. When, when like yeah. the first listened to it, they were shocked. They were like, I thought this was going to be like Punjabi MC with the Dumbi and like the proper yeah, traditional yeah, yeah. sort of folk. Yeah. But then they get into it and they're hearing like uh, Siddhu Musiala, Big Bird tracks and they're thinking, yeah. this is pretty much like as good as normal hip hop. Do you know what I mean? Like original, yeah. like Western hip hop, but it's obviously yeah. just lyrics are different, which is yeah, so dope. Punjabi. Yeah, 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 which is 100% dope. Um, and your style is like, it is, like you said with Erinese, um, it is like very much a combination of all these different things you've got like hip-hop you've got trap yeah. you've got house edm with yeah. obviously the traditional doll and doombi yeah. that you you learned yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. i i combine it all together like because these were all my inspirations and that's what i heard like what my ears heard right mm-hmm. and what my ears heard like i feel like i don't like when i make music i sometimes reckon i don't make music for people like i don't make music i didn't say to myself when I come in the studio, like I'm right now, I didn't say to myself that, hey, I'm going to make an electronic song or I'm going to make a trap song or I'm going to make a sad song or make a happy song. Yeah. I didn't come here like that. I could have the saddest vocals. I'll make a dance song out of it. Yeah. I'm being serious. Like, I don't know what I do. Like, I just come in here and I just make music at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? Like, I didn't come in here with a goal that I want to be like, I can't do that because it's not natural. That's like yeah. me forcing myself to do something. Which is what we were talking about before, that everyone just hopped on this gangster trend, where it was like, if you just go yeah. in and make music that you feel like making that day, it's obviously, mm. it, if you're happy with it, then nobody, like, it doesn't matter what other people think. It if it blows matter, off, exactly, it blows. Yeah. It Which is the same yeah. thing as this, is like, I'm having quality conversations with just who I want to have, like, uh, quality yeah. conversations with. Do you know what I mean? I appreciate your music. For me, this yeah. is like a buzz to be able to talk to you about music. So it's no matter same, same. exactly no, no matter who listens to this, like obviously hopefully yeah. people do, but if they don't, I'm still glad that I've been able to have a conversation with you. Yeah, same, mm-hmm. same, bro. Yeah, I didn't care who listens, honestly. Like the yeah. fact that you reached out, like this is my first ever podcast with anyone, because I didn't usually do this. Yeah. Um, I reckon I kind of suck at kind of the marketing networking side of things. Yeah. I reckon I do, but thank you for reaching out because I, I really appreciate that. That like someone from the UK speaking to me taking out their time in their life and speaking to me it's really it's 100 percent reciprocated man I, I feel like i'm buzzing that like um you you accepted to be fair and obviously with the time difference as well i was thinking oh how is this gonna work yeah <laughs> but this yeah no, this is awesome time is perfect honestly that's good man perfect. that's good yeah um and then because like obviously technology and things have sort of moved forward as you were saying before there are producers out there who just get a sample sort of thing um off off the internet this, and yeah then... this yeah this sample stuff started now yeah it started now it's it probably because technology it could, yeah it's just technology it's like 
it's easier before I reckon people like people who played instruments have to come in the studio to record the instruments. Yeah. Now because of downloading, it's just and because of Google, it's just like everyone goes on um splice. It's a it's a service yeah. that like gives samples and right. everyone just goes there to get um samples. So they can just chuck in some drums and be like my music producer money again. Yeah. <laughs> but then is so because the barrier to entry of becoming a producer is like so much lower now. Is yeah. that a bad thing or do you still have to learn how to make music? Good music. I believe good music, like Erin Prophecy, Pav Daharia, Mickey Singh, Rackstar, good music like that, it doesn't just come through like learning, but it comes through the person and how much they love music. Yeah. Even like Am- Amr Sandhu as well. Um, there's this guy called Sick Kick. Right, okay. Do you remember Cultural Shock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cultural Shock. Do you remember how there were three guys? Yeah. And there was the one skinny dude. Yeah, yeah. His name was Lomatic, and there was like this fat guy called Sonny Brown as well. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. the other guy's name. Um, but that other skinny dude who was called Lomatic, he he transferred from there to becoming a guy called Sick Kick, who has right. a mask. I could send you, I could forward you his Instagram account like after we finish this call. Yeah. But um, he basically shifted his music from like doing songs. Because they used to perform at Bollywood event, events and stuff. That okay. Even the music they made back in the day was amazing. Mm-hmm. But what he does now is solo. And it's sick what he does. Like it's actually next level what he does. Yeah. And like not many people like not because he he directs his music now to the Gore side. To people that follow Drake that follow the weekend like he directs the music there now so he's yeah i think i heard about things. this i think i heard about this um have you heard of like the the frequency and friends podcast in, in yeah Canada? yeah yeah. i think yeah, they were they speaking to it on there yeah 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 they spoke about him yeah yeah and, I, uh, yeah i heard about that yeah he he's also a huge inspiration because he uses instruments from his mouth like right. he's made songs just with his mouth like singing, melodies, everything, even like snares, kicks, he can do it with his mouth. Just beatboxing. Yeah, just beatboxing. Everything with his mouth, he'll, he'll make the song. <laughs> nuts. Even like, you know, you have the stub bass, like the, like that stub yeah. bass in the song, like the 808s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he makes that with his mouth as well. That's crazy. Like this, yeah, it's actually, because he first, he first appeared on just Rain's music, music video because just rain made it made a funny music video to some guy some mm-hmm. skinny ass dude who went viral on the internet and just rain wanted to make a music video of him you probably heard the song and um, sick kick made the music for it oh okay. when sick kick first started and the mask like he wears a mask right the mask he has today is really cool but the one he had in the back in the day was some just <laughs> but yeah he's yeah he's phenomenal too i get really inspired by him as well it's good that you can like get inspired from all these different sort of elements and then co- combine them to make your own sort of style. Do you mean you're not yeah. like sh- you're not shying away from saying, "No, oh, this is a unique style sort of thing." Like it is, but yeah. it's obviously from all these external factors. Yeah, because I get I get influenced. Like it's not like I'm stealing what they're doing or anything like that. I don't steal their sounds or anything. It's like what my ears hear, mm-hmm. and then what I produce is similar. It just becomes similar somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. only natural. Like it's it's. 
it's it's obviously not like um like you said it's not stealing it's just it's your inspiration like you're getting inspired from all these different sources and then you yeah formulate a style from like i'm sure in the back of your mind somewhere there'll probably be a bit of jazzy b hansra hans and bindrakia from when you were a kid yeah, as well exactly you yeah, mean subconsciously yeah. you're just absorbing all this and then yeah like you, you make something that sort of replicates your background definitely yeah, yeah. definitely that's true that's yeah and then on on your like like music journey, how when did you start make like using social media and stuff? Like okay, uh, as we yeah. were saying before, like I sort of got into um, listening to you through Instagram because one of my yeah. mates sent me. Um, I think it was the Harry Potter one that you sent me first, where you've doing because yeah. I'm a massive Harry Potter fan, as most people probably Same, are. Richard. I love Harry Potter, man. Exactly. Yeah. Like when you're growing up, it's pretty much the franchise like movie. It's coming out every it is, year. It so, is. It is. I know. Um, but then I heard that and you've put, obviously, again, you've you've got like the uh, Western music and put like a Punjabi twist on it. So like, yeah. when did you, when did you start using social media? Not just for like that, but for overall and utilizing it. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Growing. Um, so I, so as I said, I started six years ago. So on my SoundCloud, my first ever like thing that I produced on the software, um, it was a gym podcast. So my older brother, he started a clothing company. It used to be called Gumbru Fitness. Um, he stopped it now, but um, it went from Gumbru Fitness to Gumbru itself. And in the beginning, it was called Gumbru Fitness, so it was clothes for gym people. Yeah, yeah. People that did gym and stuff, right? Yeah. But I made a gym podcast. My first uh, three to four releases were podcasts, like about 35 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I basically made mixes of like gym songs together. Yeah. And I remember, lucky enough, I don't know how... Like, I never expected this as well. My first podcast, like, till today, it has one 100K plus um, plays on SoundCloud. Right, yeah. Organic, no promotion. I, I never knew what promotion was back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I still don't know what it is, right? <laughs> but um, on SoundCloud, when I first released it in 2014, I got, like, 20,000 plays in the first two weeks, which was something unbel- unbelievable to me. Yeah. And just from that, I made the next few podcasts. And then I started making refixes, like kind of like remixes of original songs, right? Yeah. With, with my own like music into it. And I made a pop, you know, the song, Gilgit, the song Poplin? Yeah, pop, yeah, pop, yeah. Pop, 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 there. That, that song. So I, I made a refix to it. And I ended up getting like 400,000 plays within like five months in 2016 or whenever that song came out right yeah and then it got copyrighted oh no because i i I feel like i feel like too many services got the song and then i think maybe the gene the scientist team saw it yeah they they saw this refix and it was under my name obviously they want to take it down and i even re-uploaded it as well and i got about 50k and then got taken down as well and then i had like two strikes on soundcloud oh if i have another strike i'm gonna get banned so then I was like, oh, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know why. I, I even said it's a refix. Like, I'm not taking any. I'm, I'm like about, I was about 17, 16 then. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm just doing a remix. Like, I'm not doing anything else, right? I'm yeah, not getting yeah. money from this or anything. But yeah, that happened then. It was funny. But yeah, it's something for, for me to learn. <laughs> you can't like do that. So can, can you not do remixes at all? Or is it specifically you, you because? It just, it depends on the people. Like, you know, for my latest song, Bata. Right, mm-hmm. I extracted a animation video from some Gora song, right, from YouTube, and I made it sync with the song Bata, and it synced really well. The animation video, 
Yeah. It's there's a teaser of it on my Instagram, and I put it on YouTube, and then YouTube did not block it straight away because Sony Music Entertainment owns the rights for that animation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like bloody hell. Like, yeah. It is what it is. I can't do much about it, but yeah. As we were saying before with the frequency and fans um, podcasting, they mentioned Sony Media quite often as well. To be fair, like it doesn't sound like uh, they're nice people over there. Yeah, no, no. This was Sony Music Entertainment. You know, Sony, the actual um, cinema company. Sony, yeah. like the ones that make music. Um, oh, music okay. Movies, um, right, like, okay. Um, Mission Impossible and stuff like that. Right. So the like, animation from movies. from one of their movies. Not from their movies, but they just own the rights to it. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah. Visuals, yeah. yeah. So that that that's why I couldn't uh, put that video up, but it was really good. It synced really well with the music. Yeah. Like it fit perfectly, but it is what it is. Something I was, I guess I was gonna make a. I should have. I should have like got someone to make a replica of the animation video. Of the animation. And then that yeah. would work. This that's a weird yeah. thing that you had, like you, you like I'm not obviously too clued up on it, but intellectual property and stuff and music seems like a a massive sort of like um confusing zone thing you can't use like x amount of this and that and but it's yeah. weird because like you hear like in um going back to mani sandu uh Majil, that song and it's like mm. literally the um what is it is it a uh who's who's um instrumental was that it was a song from like the early early 2000s maybe late 90s okay. Um, that he used in that the one with uh, AP Dylan, have you heard that yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that song. Yeah, yeah. And they use it instrumental. Like, I didn't from... like the music to it. You didn't like the music. I didn't like the music. So that that was because oh, I reckon Money Sun was at that stage now where mm-hmm. he can he can pull off something better. Like as you're saying, it was an instrumental from a previous. No, but so he like so this is the thing. So he basically comes out on Twitter or Instagram or whatever afterwards and basically shows the files of him reconstructing the previous instrumental from that popular song in the early 2000s he's done it every step of the way and i think he did do a little tweaks here and there but it basically sounds exactly the same and then i think it was jay static on the frequency podcast was saying that um basically if the song blew up and got mainstream then they would basically just shut down the song because it sounds too similar whereas like if it still stays as it is now which is it's still like number one in the uk charts for like Punjabi yeah. music basically for yeah, like no, seven yeah. months but it's still like not mainstream if that makes sense yeah the one thing i don't like about that is that like when i heard that song originally i was excited about it i yeah. was like oh money sun was coming on the new track yeah. but just the music didn't hit because i felt like he could have done better like i didn't yeah. even know that he used an instrumental sound there you go that's what i meant with the sampling as well yeah like i feel like when you're big like that you should do something more organic like I reckon you're capable of doing more something organic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's so good with the keyboard, he could make so many melodies. Yeah. With it. That's how you sort of know it's him. Like with the keyboard, he's just he's nuts. Yeah. And that my time album, like the yeah. the Vajra, the Harmonium, that yeah. yeah, oh my days. Like he's he's so rapid with his fingers, it's it's yeah. ridiculous. If he uh, if he brought that back in, it would have been sick as well. I would have been like, damn. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the time now, it's like, like you were saying before, people don't go into a studio with instruments anymore. It's mainly yeah, just like all computerized. Yeah. So it's easier to just like uh, make make the sound with a with a keyboard uh, and mm-hmm. then just like alter it, I guess, how, how yeah. you do what like uh, on, on a computer. Um, how, how, Why did you sort of make skits and things like that on your Instagram as well? Like music skits, like 
I, I alluded to it before, like the the morning routine and this is how I drink chai every morning. Like it's hilarious, um, yeah. and it's so creative. And obviously, yeah. I think is it when you say, "Oh, I don't know about marketing," that's you obviously you obviously telling a bit of a lie there because that is a very good marketing way. Do you know what I mean of getting your name out? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know what you mean. But like, I didn't look. I didn't make that in the in the sochani si man. Idani sochasi. Like, I'm gonna make this for a marketing way. Yeah. I ne- I never think like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So when I made this because I saw a very I saw this YouTube video of some Gora, he did kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. but he did he did like a video of where he wakes up as well, his whole day routine he did right, right. and um he did it in a way that he did it over a period of three days. And within those three days, he found he found a girl as well, and then that girl joined him in the morning routine. Like the so, actions they both did were the same. Yeah. And then from that, I got the inspiration, and I was like, I can do the same thing, but with sounds, and just make it my own way. And that's what I basically did for that. And the jar video, I saw some guy making a song while cutting up cucumbers. Right. Right. And I was like, you know, so I was like, mate, right? Yeah. That, that, that's that's like I get inspirations, like from just like seeing things like that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'll I'll give it a try, cause I like with me, yeah. I didn't say like as I was saying before with the music side, I didn't say I'm gonna make a trap song and stuff. And sometimes when I make something, it, it sometimes turns out to be shit, turns out to be good, but I still yeah. give it a go. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hold myself back. I didn't say to myself that you know what I can't do it. You give it a crack. Yeah, I just give it a crack, even if it's shit. Like I've made a lot of shit things as well, but like they just like you know they just stay, they just get deleted afterwards. Yeah, that's the best way because you might stumble across something that you just ends up being your new vibe Working, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it just works. Yeah, yeah. like even um the Sankar one, I remember my brother was here with me. Like he lives in a different like area now. Yeah, like he was here that time during the COVID lockdown time. Mm-hmm. And I told him I want to make the Harry Potter one and I'll make the Sankar one, right? Yeah. And he's like, okay, okay. Like he he probably didn't think I could do it. He he, he knew I could do it. Yeah. But um he helps me a lot with it as well. Um uh, so I first did the Harry Potter one, I believe. Mm-hmm. I made them at the same time, but I did the Harry Potter one and then he just told me to fix up the music a bit. That's all. And uh, with the Sankar one, I had the music on point, but he just told me to make a video of mainly Sankar and just take funny shots of him and yeah. put them together, make it look more funnier. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I did for that. Yeah. Did he did he reach out Sankar? He, like, he did he see it? it on the, he yeah, he saw it, he commented and he reposted it on his story. That's quite which was, cool. Which I was yeah, I was like sick. I, I didn't expect it either. Yeah, yeah. That's like, very I cool. like in the beginning when I was like about like 17, 18, like I'm 22 now, but I used to always have expectations and stuff. Yeah, but now I don't. I'm just like it is what it is. Like you know, I'm gonna have fun and be me. Yeah, what yeah. Keeps me happy. I'm gonna keep doing that and just chuck it out there. Like 100%. I do have to start like though. I do like I do want to expose my music out there more now, mm-hmm. which I I just gotta start contacting pages and stuff. Like with that, who needs a band anyway? I contacted a few like Punjabi memes, Punjabi media hubs. I just contacted these pages not because I want views, followers, and stuff. I just want it to be exposed. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. give a shit about the number. I just want the music just to reach out to more people. And if people yeah. dig it and they get happy by seeing it, you know, it'll be awesome as well. Like they'll be be like, oh well, you know, like others can actually enjoy the music as well. Hundred percent. Because it was like, yeah, 
Because like when I released Who Needs a Band anyway, I had people like messaging me and stuff. Like I had mothers and fathers messaging me as well. I'm like, oh, well. And they were just sending very kind messages and stuff, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, we love your voice. We love what you made. It was beautiful and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like I feel like na- nowadays it's like um, people focus on the numbers a bit too much. Like, and way, it's always too, yeah. it's always unrealistic. Like, it's yeah, it's. Do you know like, what I mean? Like, there's like, th- sorry, there's like, mu- there's like music producers coming out, and they have a million views. I haven't heard of Punjabi artists like all these new Punjabi singers from India. They release a song, and the song has a million views within the first twenty four hours, and I'm just fucking like, what's going on? Because I see the weekend never gets that much. Yeah, exactly. We can never get Drake doesn't get that much. How is this Punjabi singer getting yeah. this much? It's just shocking. Even like Just Manik, one billion views. I don't believe it. I yeah. can't. I'll never believe it. Though G the Sign doesn't have a billion views. Jazzy B doesn't have a billion views. How yeah. does this Just Manik guy have a billion views? Do you know what I mean? I like, I always like I heard this thing like it's it's always the quality of the followers, not the quantity. And I, I stand by that. Like if you have yeah. people who are like, especially with like music, social media, podcasting, anything. Yeah. If you have people who are engaging with your content, it's a hundred percent better than having 10 times that, but they're, they're not engaging yeah. with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. But and again, with the numbers is them numbers are just unfathomable. Like because of, uh, because of like social media and you see a million followers here or a million yeah. views here, it's, it's unfathomable. Like, you were seeing 400,000 views on your Doljeet remix, yeah? I'm in Newcastle. Our football stadium holds around 55,000 people. When that's packed, it is like, it's known Newcastle's one of the best atmospheres in it for a football game, like yeah. in the country. You come here and it's going to yeah. be a tough day for that football I, I, team. I watch soccer as well. I do watch soccer here. Do you know what I mean? I but imagine like a stadium, like 55,000 times by eight. Yeah. That's what you had on that Doljeet views. On do you the, know what I mean? Yeah, like, players, you can't yeah, fathom yeah. You can't fathom yeah, their numbers. Yeah. It's right. Um, but like nowadays, it's just like computers, like bots and stuff that do it. That just get that, get that view number up. What that does is it just puts YouTube in the al- algorithm that other people will start seeing it. Yeah. Like a normal person would click on a video with more than a million views instead yeah. of a video with like 10 views or 20 views. Yeah, yeah. It is true, yeah. That, but, uh, and that's where you sort of need to have like the attraction coming towards you because at the end of the day like is again you said exposure and at the end of the day like if you're successful numbers term wise like the quality could be as good now as it is in a couple of years when you have a million views like the quality could be the same but because you're getting more traction i imagine you'll be able to work with like people that you want to work with and it opens more opportunities up which is it's like it's a double-edged sword sort of thing like there was benefits to it but it's also like it's a weird sort of like time at the moment, especially like you said, with bots and all this stuff. Yeah. It's like everyone, like, I feel like everyone in this industry now, everyone that wants to be a music producer wants to do singing. I, le- I reckon it lifted up more because of COVID. Everyone's at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before everyone was outside. Yeah. Most of the times, right? They were outside in their lives and stuff like that. Since yeah. they've sat at home, like the people like you know everyone's just releasing music new upcoming artists and stuff but i feel like everyone's just attracted to that that fame that clout that like the views the amount of followers you have the amount of likes you get the amount mm-hmm. of people that are commenting and stuff i reckon a lot of kids as well a lot of kids are just falling into social media 
It's dangerous. Like, it I, is I, dangerous. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I don't go on Instagram. I only go on Instagram only like once. Sometimes I don't go on it, like in the day. Yeah. And like, like I go on it just like message someone like you or message my close friends mm-hmm. or I go on it just to post a video or a song or yeah. contact a few pages and tell them to put it up as well. Yeah, That's yeah. all I do. I don't sit on Instagram and just do scrolling. I just can't do that anymore. Like it, even it, with any other social media platform, I simply just can't. I'd rather just spend that time with mum and dad or my grandma. 100%. Because I feel like kids these days, especially in lockdown, everyone's on their phone. Everyone. It's that, it's, it's the thing again. It's like you, you feel like uh, it's the numbers, like especially with kids, like the like young children, they're addicted to like TikTok because they're getting yeah, these oh, mental man. numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how big it is in Australia, but I assume it's quite yeah, big. It's it everywhere is, now. It is, man. It is. It's stupid. The people, like, kids make stupid videos and it gets, like, a million views, a million likes. I'm just like, ah, key shit there. This is what all the um, this is what all the kids are going into. Like, for example, I know that when, when me and you were kids, we didn't have this. We didn't have phones. We didn't have Snapchat. We didn't yeah. have any of this gun before us. We were playing with toys. <laughs> like, I was playing with Power Ranger toys. I had the best time of my life. Yeah. You know? Like even like when I have kids in the future, I'm gonna be like, I'm not gonna give them phones. Yeah. I'm gonna chuck them some toys and just be like, play with toys. Exactly. You exactly. Know? Like, cause these it's... phones are just—they're not right. They're actually not right. Yeah. No. It is. It's, it's scary. The wrong way, it's really damaging. Hundred percent. Like it is scary. Like there was benefits to the internet and social media. Like I contacted you through social media, but there's so many drawbacks that aren't as apparent if that makes sense they're not as obvious like the amount of time yeah. that you spend on the like effect that it has on mental health and all this yeah. thing so 100 percent couldn't could not agree more um you, you okay. mentioned covid there as well so how, how's australia been with them um, with covid we I'm, I'm in a state where the lockdown happened really bad like we had two massive lockdowns one big lockdown in the beginning mm-hmm. and we got rid of the cases so zero cases every day everything started opening up again and then one of our hotel quarantines messed up. Like we had these Punjabi security guards. They weren't even security guards, right? They're not professional. They don't know how to keep hygiene, right? Yeah. They're coming in to do that job to have money because then, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's struggling with money. And our government failed in that because then they started spreading that virus to everyone else in the community. And we went up to about 800 cases was our top number in one day. Okay. And we went fully into lockdown. We went, we went to a stage where... We couldn't leave the house by 8 p.m. Oh, like curfew. 8 p.m., everyone has to be inside the house. Otherwise, oh, like... you're getting $1,000 fines. Everyone has to wear a mask everywhere. No one can be seen without a mask unless you have asthma or you have a certificate from the doctor, right? Yeah. And um, that was a big, very, very big lockdown. Um, we still have restrictions. Now, now we have zero cases every day because mm-hmm. um, we went through that massive lockdown and all the numbers dropped. Like our main um, minister, prime minister, basically of our state, yeah. he got a lot of shit, like for doing what he did. You have like a prime minister in each state. No, no, no. I, I meant he's a minister of the state. Oh, okay, like an MP. He's a state minister, not okay, the prime okay. minister, but he's like MP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got so much shit just for doing what he did, but he actually brought all the numbers down. But a lot of shit did happen for like people in the world, which is like you know, as yeah. a consequence, because if like the cases didn't stop then you know a lot of people would have died because a lot of people were dying as well and um now the uh, restrictions are easing and stuff and people mm-hmm. are getting back to normal and stuff so i hope that we don't get any more cases like we did before yeah 
Sachi Basha Janata, when we're going to, you know, get out of this and everything. It's yeah. worldwide. Like, when, you know, when we just had to wait it now. You can't do much, you know. We're going to wait for the vaccine and then. Definitely. It is a, it is weird, like, because some countries just handled it a lot better than others. Like, in the UK, I don't think it was handled well. It's basically, like, the countries that value money over anything else. Like, they just want to keep everything open, which is what well, happened in the UK. Did that America, every day, there's so many cases. Well, you just have an ignorant leader. Do you know what I mean? That's all it is. That's just an yeah. ignorant leader who's, like, it. but, like, I'm, I'm surprised that, Yous were quite bad with it because I know like one of my mates is in New Zealand at the moment. Um, he moved there like last year, and they've yeah. been they've been chilling. Yeah, you know why? Because their prime minister is really smart. They, yeah, exactly. she blocked international travel. When she did that, they only had about twenty cases max, and after yeah. that, they were living life. That's they it. Blocked off everything else. It was only them in the world. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what he said as well. Is like when we went into lockdown. I think they basically had zero cases by that point and everyone was just back yeah. to normal. Like I'm sitting here in lockdown, like can't even go out or whatever. And he yeah. said there'd be pictures of him basically in a club, like having a session. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. what the hell? Like the, the transparency, like the uh, yeah. contrast sorry, is like ridiculous. Yeah. I'm actually lucky as well. Like, you know, I'm really lucky because like I still like, you know, I still get to study as well because I'm studying dentistry as well. So I still get to okay. study that. And um, uh, I still got to go to school and practice my classes mm-hmm. because there were a lot of universities here in the city which were closed off. No students. Sorry. All students had to um, do everything online. And um, I was really lucky about that. I was lucky I still had a job. And um, my mom and dad still have a job. Like, you know, they haven't been affected either. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, you know, it's just very lucky because there are families out there that lost jobs, you know. A lot of bad things have happened. So really grateful. Hundred yeah, percent. Um. So, are you, are you gonna be doing this alongside being a dentist? Because I know, like G Sidhu, if if you've heard of like him, he's yeah, yeah. he's obviously this musician, but I think he's also like a therapist or something, isn't he? So, yeah, psychiatrist. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, psychiatrist. Yeah. So, like, it, it's weird. Like, if somebody comes into your dentist and you you're checking their teeth and they're like, "Can you sing a song while my my treatment's going on?" Or something like that. Like, I, <laughs> that hope, cool. I hope nobody knows who I am when I'm, yeah. I'm a dentist. I think he had the same idea as like as a psychiatrist that he hoped it would stay like exclusive. But obviously, if yeah. if like your career does just rock it at one point, it will be hard to keep the two separate. Yeah, it will. It, it is. I know, but I reckon I don't mind that much. Like I would love to have like um, Punjabi patients come in. I'll be cleaning the teeth. You know, I'd yeah. love to put some songs on for them as well. Honestly, yeah, legit, yeah. Just like singing along while you while you cleaning the teeth, like oh yeah, you've got a teeth, you've yeah. got some cavities here. <laughs> how long how long yeah. does the because uh, that's obviously like a, a medical degree, so I assume that that's gonna take some time to. Yeah, I reckon another three to four years, um, uh, because before I did a science degree, and um, I didn't know beforehand what I wanted to do, right? Because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do something with education as well, because mm-hmm. I never wanted to just do one thing. I always want to do more than one thing in my life. Yeah. And I felt like doing, because I really like the dentist job is because you can come in when the patient arrives and you can leave when the last patient goes. Yeah. Right. And if say all the patients cancel in one day, you just you get just to go don't. home. Yeah. Yeah. Go home, make some music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah make music on your time off. hundred percent. I feel like nowadays, because everything is like just getting higher and higher, more expensive. I think more than one income is, 
definitely like you just need it especially like yeah. and you probably need something like which is more financial like probably dentistry yeah, yeah. and then something more Stable, creative yeah, which is like future. music yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so covering all um, aspects hmm. like i still haven't really been thinking about the money side of things because i still live with my parents mm-hmm. um but yeah, chill in out. the future i guess yeah you get to chill future, out in that respect <laughs> yeah yeah basically yeah because yeah. like when i when i spend money on like music or i'm buying something like i'm buying lighting gear or I'm buying like a keyboard, a new keyboard or something. My yeah. parents don't like it. Like my dad's fine with it. My mom's like, "Kaate tu hana, apne paise kharaab kari jana hai hana." Then wo nee lo raha hai, that is jaan. Like my mom, for example, she she's not fully supportive. She's like half half. Yeah, yeah. Kind of supportive and then kind of not as well. But my dad's really supportive, bro. He's really really supportive. That's good. That's good. And your your setup that you've got is like looks clean as out. Like you've worked on branding as well. You've got the neon lights with the KA. You've yeah. got like your setup. It looks cl- how how like um did you have that as like a thing in your head or did you get external help or how did you like okay. sort of accumulate your branding? Right. So in the beginning, if you look at my previous videos, I had that KA logo, hmm. and that was made out of like wood, right? Okay. Me and my dad made it. We like drew it on a piece of wood and we just made it right. And I told my dad we'll put LED strips behind it, so when we put it against the wall, mm-hmm. it glows right from the sides. And then I look back at that logo now, and I'm just like that logo is trash. <laughs> But um, I, I I made this logo, the KA logo, in 2015, when I was like about 15 as well, I think, or 16, right? I made it then, and I loved that. That was probably the best logo. I don't know how I made it. I just yeah. made it somehow, right? And that's always going to be there for me now, that KA. But like, I wanted to take the next, like in my head, I wanted to take the next step up. Right, because I just wanted to take something like the visuals. I want to take to another level, right? Yeah. And then I told Dad that I want to make a logo which glows from the inside, mm, right? Yeah. And then he was telling me things like he was telling me cheap options, right? Because he didn't want me to spend money on acrylic. Yeah. And um, cutting acrylic is really hard as well. So I got the KA cut out twice professionally from like a company, and I had to I had to spend my money for that. And then I got some rectangular pieces of acrylic cut out, yeah. and then me and Dad just joined it all together, right? So it's 3D. The logo is yeah, 3D, yeah. and we just put some strips inside of it. Inside, oh, okay. So, okay. So it glows in the colors, and um, uh, I initially that setup, you know how it's black and everything. Yeah. Initially, I had it white, like it was all white. Yeah. And the table was white as well. And one of my close friends. He's and and he has another good friend as well. They know a lot about lighting. Yeah, about yeah. How to make things look really, really professional. And he told me that he he didn't like my setup at all. Like he liked the logo, but he told me you can make it even better. Mm-hmm. So he basically um came down and he told me a few lights to buy, which were really expensive. Right. And I just bought them because I was like, you know what, like you know, this is actually gonna make my visuals look way better. Yeah, so yeah. I had to buy like a few lights and I painted the wall black as well, so that way the KA logo, the light doesn't spread; it gets absorbed in the color. Makes sense. The very back, yeah. Yeah, as I say, it looks clean as out. Like I think the minimalist trend is sort of in at the moment as well, and it, that that it suits it to a T, sort of thing. It does look just yeah, clean. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't reckon any Punjabi has done this like what I'm doing right now with the keyboard. Mm. Like I, I've never, I haven't seen any Punjabi. Any Punjabi do it? Yeah. Like yeah. I got inspired by a sick kick, which I'll show you like after this, of course. Um, 
But um, yeah, I mainly got inspired by him because he he started doing that. Like he had some lights at the back as well, and he was on the keyboard, and I got really inspired by that. And I was like, you know what, I can do the same thing as well, but yeah. just my own way, and just put my own touch to it as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it looks dope, and as I say, like I, I'm a, I'm excited to see how it progresses because uh, yeah, already... I know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start leveling things up, like because right now I'm still like doing like remixes and covers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and um uh, i have another there's one more remix that i want to make and then after that one once i finish that i'm just going to start making more original music mm-hmm. like make things from scratch like i have i have flows i have lyrics for like two tracks that are really really good i just need a producer just get it out you know yeah yeah work hard on it. i sort of grind really hard just to get the good music out basically Definitely, because I feel like that that your style is like it is very unique, as I said before, and like the way that you're, I know that you don't think of it as marketing. It's just like how you're presenting yourself and how you feel like you want to present yourself. But it yeah. it is it is as you said unique in the Punjabi sort of space. It is like a it's different and it's refreshing to see sort of thing. Like yeah. you're sitting there, it's clean as out, it's nice background, the music's good, um, with your keyboard set up. It just yeah. As I say, I'm a big fan, so I'm not trying thank to blow you, smoke up you. your smoke up your ass or anything, but it is it no, is no, what thank it is. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. Um, if it's okay with you, I, I normally finish up with some quick fire questions. Um, no worries. Yeah, there's like Go there's right. like six yeah. questions, but I say they're quick fire. Just a heads up, they're quite deep, so you might have to take a few seconds to like answer each one because they're quite like no soul searching no questions. <laughs> okay, okay, I got I got you, I got you. Yeah. So uh, yeah. number one, what are you most proud of? Okay, these are pretty tricky. <laughs> what I'm most proud of. I've actually never asked myself that question before, so I don't know how to answer it. Proud of. Um, yeah, man, I don't know how to answer that. I reckon I've never thought of that that way, but I could say, like, could I, could I, could I like, alter the question of it? Could I yeah, alter sure. a bit? Is that okay? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've never thought to myself what I'm proud of yet. Like, I'm definitely happy. Like, if I look back at where I began from in the music, mm-hmm. which I don't do really often, but um, I, I would say I'm really happy and I would say I'm proud of where I've come right now. Yeah. And I know there's still a long way to go as well. And that's just me working hard. I'm proud of um, getting my vocals to where they are now. And I'm also excited to see where I go in the future as well. Um, I'm proud of being me, like who I am, I guess, sticking true to myself, not letting um, others control me, not letting others like opinions get to me and what they say about me. Like I'm proud of like, because I'm not a guy who goes out a lot. I actually don't like this lockdown for me is something normal as well, because I'm usually just, you know, at home just making music or just with the family like you know just with my grandma i love being with my grandma um love being with mom and dad love just seeing like i, I don't have a lot of friends honestly don't i consider that like my friends are like i only have like three i I'll legit say i have three real friends like you know and um yeah i don't really go out like i don't socialize a lot like as in i'm not a guy who goes out there and looks for like you know i want to have a lot of friends i want to be this i want to be cool I want yeah. to like smoke, I want to do drugs, I want to like go out party, I want to talk to girls, 
I want to do this and that. You know, I don't go down. I don't enjoy any of that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not me. Like, you know, I just stay to myself and, yeah, just be me. Just, you know, do what makes me happy at the end of the day. Not trying to, like, um, do what others do. And, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite memory of your career so far? Like, of making music so far? have a lot actually of making the music definitely it's like i get like very happy when i'm making it yeah um and then uh, especially when like my older brother because like he's like he's full honest with me and like if i make something really shit he beats me down for it mm-hmm. but like i've made i've made about two tracks two or three songs that i've made which have made him cry which have made him cry oh really which i guess yeah that's just yeah like kind of things like that make me like really happy because like he's he's really close to me i grew up with him you know yeah yeah and um yeah 100 um what are you most looking forward to my life like i haven't asked myself that either um <laughs> where life takes me i guess where i'm gonna yeah. go the next year you know what's gonna happen hopefully everything you know settles down with the COVID stuff things start opening up you know i would love to um maybe even if i could ever perform on stage in the uk yeah. i'd love to meet you in real life i'm being honest i would yeah, love yeah. to meet you in real life you same know? man I want, I, i've always wanted to come to australia if i'm coming if i ever come down to the uk i'm telling you I, we got to meet up 100 percent. i'd love it up, i would love it we're trying to um performing you know like if I can, like even having my music performed by other like artists out there to big crowds and stuff, that'll be sick, you know. Or get played at like you know, at um uh, at events like you know at weddings and their reception and the jungle and the yeah yeah. Like we're like sick, like you know, have my music playing. Yeah. Yeah, because on my on my twenty first birthday, we uh had a one of my songs Aunatia. Right. If you've heard of that. Yeah. Um, it's like a dance song. And we had that played on my 21st. And like all us boys, there's about 15 of us. And when that drop happens in the song, we were always going crazy. Like in a circle, it was pretty sick. Because it's your song, it'll feel better as well. Yeah, it is my song, yeah. And then, you know that Bombay song by Jazz Dummy? Yeah. So when he put out his vocals out there, I made my own version to it. And um, Aaron E, Aaron E reposted it on his story. And he messaged me as well. And he told it was amazing. Like he said that to me. And that... That that's also a, a moment that made me really like, like happy and like unbelievable because he's someone that I consider as a god of music. Yeah, yeah. And him messaging me that, like, is beyond like yeah, it's beyond everything. Like I I couldn't imagine it, you know. Yeah. And he reposted on his story, and yeah. That's really, dope, really, man. Yeah. That is it was dope. Really sick. Yeah, it was, sho- it was shocking to me because it was my brother's engagement and I released that song. And we played that song as well, Bombay, my version, on my brother's engagement. Yeah. And there was a part where I was doing a sick dance to it as well, like in the middle of, of everyone. And um, and that night then, when I got back to um, my house, and I just saw my Instagram that he messaged me, and I'm just like, holy shit, yeah, I, I didn't know what to say, you know? And I'm just like, thank you so much for everything, like, you know, you've done, because you've inspired me a lot. And yeah, that that's a memory as well. That's definitely a memory. That would be a great yeah. feeling. I can, I can only imagine. Um, what is your definition of success? (laughs) 
hard. Is this the last question? This, this is the second last question. question. There's one more. Second last question. All right. These are getting really hard. Um, <laughs> I'll edit out the thinking time in it. So it's like, I'll edit out the thinking time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you keep it, you keep it in. It's all right. It's all right. Um, success. It's about, I reckon, being happy. Happy. Success. I don't, I don't like using the word success. I reckon being happy with your life is the most important thing in the world. Knowing that you're living, that you're breathing every moment knowing that you've also no matter what age you are but you've got to experience everything you know like knowing that you have two arms two legs you know knowing that you're healthy you don't have issues like lung cancer any type of cancer you don't have a disorder a mental disorder you know knowing that you have so many things the internet a house all these kind of things to be grateful of being happy is i guess more important than even like thinking about the word success yeah i definitely definitely want achievements in life definitely want goals in life you know you Mm -hmm. want to work hard you want to get there and stuff yeah that's completely fine to have as long as you are happy in the process of getting there that's really important because you can't think that you go past everything all the obstacles in life and you come to this end point like you always think like some people always think that you know there's a goal of me having this much and once i get there i'm gonna be happy that's not true yeah yeah and you shouldn't be thinking in your mind like that you should be thinking of the life you're living and how you can be happy already because it's not about being happy later it's about being happy now 100 because if when you reach that yeah. goal you're just going to set another goal so you may as well be happy yeah. happy in the journey exactly yeah 100%. and like even with me and music right now i know i don't have that many views i don't I'm not that big or anything but i'm loving just the process of making music and having fun yeah and the last question because it's the culture cast podcast how do you think your culture has affected you in your journey so far i like i would say if anyone to ask me this question like us being punjabi punjabi sikh you know Mm. i reckon our culture is amazing like i reckon if i would ever want to live a life another life or something like that i don't know what happens you know like we don't know what happens right but I would love to replay this life over and over again. Yeah. That's like, dope. Not just about the culture, but just like, just how my life has evolved as well, you know? And um, culture is a big thing because our culture is like, it's so amazing. Like we tend to not even appreciate the amount of things our culture gives off as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, how do I say? Like, even like the way our weddings work, the amount of like the music as well in our culture is just so phenomenal that you can hear it, you know, because there's, there's so much music in our culture. It's not just like Kuldeep Manik. It's not just like Sunsuji Bindarakia, you know, it's not about Chichamkila. It's not just about them. It's about like even Nusra Ali Khan Saab, even like Sufi music, even, um, you know, even Shabd. I love Shabd. Yeah. I love listening to Kirat. I, Kirtan, I love listening to like, um, just people just doing part as well because yeah. i've actually like when i was since i was little as well mom always like made me and my brother do part with her like at 6 p.m like do raras every night and um just doing kitan because i i the first thing that i learned to sing was kitan mm-hmm. like I, I learned that and then i just i enjoy i love singing kitan as well I, I haven't really done that yet on my instagram page i'll do that someday yeah and um but yeah i really enjoy kitan like listening to kitan yeah 
we we have got a very musical culture like tied closely to the religion like when you hear like maybe more so in india but when people are reading bard in india like they yeah they do it musically do you know what i mean they like long out every word and it's like it it's more like music than it is just reading do you know what i mean yeah. and then you, when you get to the kitten there's so like i i got taught double at punjabi school like during sikhi camps in the comet uh, in the yeah. summer and is dope like do you know I me mean? like uh, my my music sort of is stemmed from learning dole at home learning double there and it's, yeah. yeah it's music in our culture is like just embedded into it each is. other sort of it thing is. It, it is really it is, is really good but um yeah again uh, thank you for your time and time difference and all thank that thank you for um, your time as well thank you no for worries, like man. reaching out and having you on a podcast honestly it's amazing no worries man um when you when you do get famous just remember the first podcast podcast you did was this one bro i'll never forget it no i'll be honest like not only about being famous but like like the, even the songs and stuff i listen to these days like i know the real ones like i know who the real ones are for me yeah. around me and i really appreciate that you know like cuz honestly even if i do get big bro i i would like i would like put you put your um i'll tag you and everything i'll be like not nah, this was a podcast like this i'm being honest this was probably the best like this is going to be the best podcast for me and yeah. if i ever go to another podcast i'm going to be like no nah, i can't say anything cuz this guy was the best culture cast was the best you know what they say you always want to be your first <laughs> yeah i will i'm always i am yeah definitely yeah. i'm never uh, going to forget this yeah that's dope but um i will leave all of your links in the description to your instagram your facebook your youtube your website your soundcloud your spotify so for everybody who is listening they can check you out on all them platforms support the music um and yeah thank you again for your time